Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 18. Today, I am hanging out with Elena Kazmarski, co-founder of The Every Girl. We will be exploring how to find your dream job, even when it feels like it might not exist, and how sometimes closed doors are truly new opportunities. We'll share how to celebrate successes and growth, why it matters to pursue your passion, and the ways we think the blog world has changed over the last few years. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers. Welcome to today's episode. I am interviewing my sweet friend, and I know I start off every episode saying that everyone is my sweet friend, but this girl is particularly one of my dearest friends, Elena Kazmarski. Hey, Elena. Hi, Jenna. I'm so excited to have her on here. She is like the most fun, goofiest girl, so we're probably going to laugh a lot, but Elena is one of the co-founders of The Every Girl, which is an incredible, incredible destination online for you to find inspiration for just about any facet of your life, and today we're going to talk all about finding your dream job, and Elena is one of the best resources I know to share about this, so Elena, will you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I'm like of nervous, but that's <laughs> blushing at the same time. It was about my job or my career. Yeah, just what tell you? us your story about you, how you got oh, to where you story. are today. My story begins many years ago. I was, <laughs> which is true because I am very lucky. And unlike a lot of people who basically anyone I talk to who isn't quite sure what they want to do at a very young age, I was 16 when or 15, when I had that aha moment in high school, and I, I fell in love with 
journalism as a career path and journalism in the truest sense of, you know, storytelling, I guess, nonfiction storytelling. And it was because I was on my high school newspaper and the hours are long. You know, anyone who's worked in any kind of publication knows that you're normally up late editing and, and whatnot. So that was what was going on. It was like a Wednesday and I was out school until 11 or so in the newspaper room with all my co-editors and writers. And, and we we're just friends and hanging out and like having a ball working our butts off. And it's like, wait, how can like how can work be this much fun? Uh, and I think that's kind of even the answer people look for with their actual career. So was that moment where I was like, I'm copy editing right now. I'm literally checking for commas and, you know, misplaced punctuation and retweaking sentences. And, and I was loving it. Like I was doing work that I was loving. So in that moment, I was like, okay, I mean this, so this is cool. Like maybe I can turn this into a job one day. Maybe I want to go into journalism. So I did, like, I kind of decided that I stayed with it. I think at that, that year I was only like, you know, a writer and then junior year I became an editor. And by senior year, I was an editor in chief and applying to journalism schools across the country, wanting to write for, or work in magazines because as, as opposed to any like hard hitting news or reporting, I really, my creative side always was more prominent. And I loved the thought of more lifestyle pieces, you know, writing and working with you know, anything from travel stories to writing about music or writing about design or, or even fashion or anything. I wanted that opportunity. So I, I wasn't so as interested in news reporting, but more with an intention of working in magazines so I could do longer piece profiles or anyway, that was the goal. I wanted to be an editor at a magazine in New York. That was my goal going into college. So that was kind of where it all started and came from. And then, you know, college came and I still loved it. I know a lot of people go to college with a vision of what they want to do and then change their minds after a year or so. Not me. I just, it fueled my fire. I loved it more. I loved my professors. I loved the classes. The coursework was actually fun, which is, you know, again, the goal there, making your work fun. So, you know, I did the same thing you're supposed to do. I signed up for student magazines. I, I was an editor on one of them. I was an editor in chief by my senior year. And it was actually even my senior thesis was producing a magazine of my own on campus. And I applied to internships every summer. And while I got a couple, they were all unpaid, which is pretty standard in that industry. They are unpaid in New York City. And so I had at least two offers that I had to turn down because the financial strain was just a bit more than I could take on now. And even then, I'm sure there were loans or scholarships I could have looked into, but it just wasn't a position I wanted to be in at the time. So I turned them down because I'm from Chicago. I don't think I said that, but I'm from Chicago and these unpaid jobs were in New York. So it just wasn't, like I said, I had to turn them down, which I really regretted because I think that probably would have been my foot in the door or sorry, I should say I regretted at the time because I really viewed that as a missed opportunity, like getting my foot in the door because after graduation, like despite, you know, I did well in my classes, I did all the extracurriculars you were supposed to do. And that was the one piece really missing on my resume. And I just, I couldn't get a job. Like I couldn't get, I knew what my dream job was and I could not get it. And I was applying anywhere and everywhere, like take New York out of the equation. I was applying to local city magazines, like, and granted Chicago doesn't have very many magazines. There's only a couple here. And those positions typically go to Northwestern, the Medill School graduates. They have a really good, they beat into that system really well here. I was applying in DC. Like I was just really wanted to get my foot in the door at a publication. So, but I could not. So, you know, a couple, like a month or two passed and I needed a job. Or I think, I think I probably started waitressing right away. I moved to DC after graduation and got a waitressing job while applying 
to work at the Washington Post. I applied to Smithsonian Magazine. I interviewed there. And I remember I was like one of the last two applicants for an entry level. The role is called an editorial assistant. It's the entry level position. And, and I was like, Oh, I think I got this job. I nailed the interview. This is going to be great. We really clicked. And a couple of days later, I got the call that they went with the other applicant who had more professional experience. And I was like, it's entry level. (laughs) How many years of experience do you need to get the entry level job? And it was just discouraging. So at this same time, I was applying to kind of relevant jobs like that, you know, my experience in writing applied to. So, you know, jobs in communications and, and whatnot. And I literally got my job. People still can't believe this. This actually came up in conversation yesterday with one of my employees. I got my job. My first job out of college was a newspaper clipping. Like it was an ad in a newspaper, which yes. sounds so outdated. Like who finds their full-time jobs in the newspaper anymore? Good old 2008. I found my job in the newspaper and, and it was for a very small children's advocacy nonprofit as a communications associate. So not exactly, you know, assistant editor at Vanity Fair, which was, you know, <laughs> my big shiny star dream job. But my boss was amazing. We still talk. Like I loved her. We really clicked in the interview And, you know, I was going to do it. It was a full-time job. It was a salary. That's a good thing. So I took that job and, you know, worked there for a year in D.C. I actually had two jobs. I also waitressed to pay the bills. And so a year. I spent a year there. And after a year, it was a combination of missing Chicago because all of my family and friends are here. Kind of that, okay, I gave it a year and, you know, I'm still passionate about going into journalism in some capacity. So I actually applied and got an internship at the Chicago Tribune. I actually think it was in the web department, funny enough, and it was unpaid and it was going to be for three months. But you know what? I was like, I can move home and move in with my mom. That way I can take the unpaid internship and I'll be following my dream. So I went to my boss's office and I let them know I was going to be leaving. And And my other boss was like, okay, is this position paid, Elena? And I was like, oh, no, it's just an internship. (laughs) And this was right before the economy turned. And I don't know if he knew a lot more than I did that it was happening, but he's like, I, if you were my daughter, honestly, I'd advise not doing that. And here's an offer, stay on and work full time from us, from Chicago, from home, if you want to move home. But like, we love the graphic design you're doing. We love your skills that you bring to the table. We don't want to lose you. So we get that you want to go back to Chicago, stay working for us full time from Chicago. And I was like, ah, that is enticing. <laughs> uh, Just so, when you think you have it all figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It throws a wrench into my dream plan. And oh, the next day, oh my gosh, I almost left out a pivotal part. The next day, Cause I was like, I need to think about it. Give me a day to think about it because I thought I was going to be all pursuing my passion and going home and making my dreams happen. So a full-time work from home job sounds really nice. So mm-hmm. give me a day. The next day, the Tribune happened to file for bankruptcy. They're obviously oh, still up and running, gosh. but you know, yeah. that can happen. And, and I took it as a sign and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay on and, and move home to Chicago, but keep working for this nonprofit that I had spent a year with. So I move home. I am living in the Chicago suburbs at this point at the age of 23 in my my bedroom at my mom's house. Working from nine to five, I would go into the what used to be my brother's bedroom and it was now an office. And I would sit there at my desk and my computer from nine to five. And it was it was long days. <laughs> and I didn't always, as I'm sure a lot of people out there know, sometimes you don't have 40 hours worth of work to fill your day. And I honestly, I don't know about you, Jenna, but I would rather 
have too much work to do than be bored with nothing oh, yeah. to do. Yeah, I think that's a common thing. A lot of people would agree. I do better day. when I'm busy because I'm like, I yeah. got to get it done. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can almost make decisions faster because you, know, you, you don't can't have to... dwell. Exactly. So at the time I didn't have enough time filling my days, but I had to be on like that was the deal, you know, be available. That's most from home jobs are available from nine to five, keep normal office hours. It got slow pretty quickly. I still had work to do and I liked the work I was doing for that company. But like I said, I was living with my mom and it was a lot of just hanging out in the suburbs alone. And my mind was just needing something. It needed inspiration. It needed to start working again. Anytime you get like a stagnant kind of in what you're doing and you need a challenge to like stay alive. I mean, (laughs) not alive, but like keep your brain turning. Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. at that point, that is when I started my personal blog, live creating yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I just felt lost and stuck and I was out and I saw this sign in a hotel. It was like a light up neon sign. And it said, life is not about finding yourself. Life's about creating yourself. And I was like, hell yeah, it is. Okay. I'm going to do that. <laughs> like the I answer isn't in this internship or not getting the job in New York. Like there's no one destination. Like, and that destination hasn't arrived yet. So I just need to start doing the things that do inspire me or bringing that into my daily life in some capacity. And the answer for me was a blog because like I said, I was, I was 23. The journalism dream wasn't working out. And journalism aside, I had a lot of interest. Like I, like I said, I love interior design. I love animals and pets. Like maybe I wanted to go back to veterinary school. Maybe I wanted to get my master's in graphic design. Like maybe I wanted to go into academia and and teach or whatever. But I was like, I'm not going to go spend a fortune on grad school when I'm not entirely certain that's the career I need to be doing. So I figured if I started writing about all these things I like every day, the thing I should be doing will kind of present itself in my blog. That was literally my mindset. Like just start, just start putting words to paper or in this case to the computer screen, see what you end up writing about the most, see just what comes of it. So I did. And this was in 2009. The blog scene is, was not anything like what it is today. I could count on both hands the number of bloggers that were in Chicago. No joke. And so we quickly got to know one another. And I am the first to admit I have never been a great networker in the sense of um, I like being around people. I love socializing. But that next step of making a connection to then not to kind of like get something out of it, like in that sense of networking, Mm -hmm. like, you know, what can we start doing for each other? Like for me, it's like, oh, we could have wine and watch a movie. But like in terms of being strategic in who I was meeting and how I've never, that's never been my strong skill set. And the blog and the, what was a very small blogging community at the time gave me, like, let me do that even when I didn't know it was happening. What I'm trying to say is I started meeting people with similar interests, with similar career goals, who we just automatically had a lot in common. And we were supporting each other by supporting each other's blogs and and partnering together and started events started happening that bloggers started getting invited to. And I'm talking like a new store was opening or, you know, there was stuff that used to be industry only, like Mm-hmm. For interior designers or something, like they design bloggers started getting invited to this kind of thing. And all of a sudden I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I just got invited to an event. This is crazy. And I don't think anyone knew what was going on because the blogging was like underground was... network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that And no one, they, I think companies saw this movement, but didn't really know how to start working with us and vice versa. We didn't 
like we knew we were talking about their products and talking about their brands just organically. Like that is what a lot of us were blogging about anyway, at least in the lifestyle sector or much like a travel blogger would be talking about hotels and whatnot. So there, we were already kind of doing advertising for them and, and marketing for them without being asked. So very early on became like, okay, I think we need to all start working together. Like if maybe we like what you're writing, we want you to be writing about us. And that's like how it all started before money was ever exchanged between advertisers and bloggers and, and whatnot. It was just, we see you're writing about us. We like what you're writing. You happen to like us. Why don't we start working together somehow? Why don't you give away some product on your side? And I'm like, sweet. I would love to give away some of your product to my readers. <laughs> that sounds um, great. Yeah. So this networking with both brands, with other bloggers, all happened very unintentionally. Pretty early on, I would say after a year of having a blog is when... Like I really started actually meeting in person other bloggers. I remember that was a whole phenomenon. Like you meet someone you've known everything about on the internet and you're like, right. And they start talking and they're like, oh, my husband. And you're like, yeah, Dan, right? The brunette <laughs> who loves chocolate and, and snow. And you're like, eh, I'm creepy. I know everything. And you're like, it's not creepy. I know everything about you too. So don't even worry about it. And we started meeting in person. And anyway, that is how I came to meet my current business partner, Danielle Moss. So Danielle was a blogger and she moved to Chicago from Los Angeles. And we just randomly met out one day and the way, you know, we would all just kind of talk about our dreams and talk about what we were working on and what we did full time outside of blogging because we all had day jobs and we just blogged for fun at night and whatnot. No one, I don't think anyone blogged then with the intention of it being a job. Like I said, there was no money being lucrative made at that. business really not at all gosh I don't even know when it started but 2012 2013 is really when like partnerships started happening yeah so prior to that it was like maybe if you had some google ads on your page you'd get some money but no one right. had enough traffic to really think of it as a, a business but yeah I, Danielle was a Chicago blogger and I know a lot of people have said, they're like, oh my gosh, I thought you guys were best friends. I thought you grew up together. And we're like, no, we literally just met because we had blogs. And after meeting twice and realizing we had this common goal, we decided to go into business together. And the rest is kind of history. We fortunately became friends, right? which like I said, is wonderful. I don't even know what it would be like to go into business with a friend or a relative. I can't imagine. I think the fact that it started strictly professionally, like with, hi, cool. Okay, let's get to work. Like there was no chit chat or drama or gossip or because we didn't know any of that about each other. It was just we would meet, talk about work and then sign off. And, and that was the first months of kind of planning this site. We fortunately have a ton in common and a lot of similar ideas. We agree a lot on ideas. And, and like I said, the overall mission of this, what eventually became the every girl, we had talked about this online magazine to inspire and feature the everyday girl, like, you know, your sister or my friend or my old college roommate or people you can actually meet on the street and not just see in magazines to create a medium where she could be the star and she's the focus of these stories or she can come to the site and read it and actually be inspired and, and afford what we're posting about or get advice from what we're posting about. So for the every girl, by the every girl, featuring the every girl was kind of this mission. And we didn't know what would come of it. Like I said, we were calling it an online magazine. It just kind of, yeah, unfolded like because that was we had this shared mission and, and how it was going to look and all of those details had to be worked out in the first few months. Uh, be you know, before we went live, but because we had these personal blogs beforehand, we were able to announce that it's coming and, and talk about it and be excited and get our readers excited and, 
And then other bloggers that we had developed these friendships with over the years got excited and posted about it, you know, on our behalf, like no strings attached or anything. It was like, yeah, this is awesome. You guys are doing this. Of course I'll blog about it. Whereas now that kind of stuff is very frequently tied to, I'll do it. What can you do for me? Or here's my rate Mm -hmm. to post. So the industry's definitely changed a lot. And when we launched in 2012, it was very different and we were very lucky. and, And that was because of this networking and this friendship that we'd made with all these other people with big online followings. We're just all willing to help each other and and work together because like I said it wasn't really a business for anyone then it was it was a fun hobby and everyone's just really passionate about it and supportive of one another and I think a lot of that is still there I don't mean to say it's not I think now that the marketing side has caught up there is a monetary value associated with all of it so in that sense it's changed but the community itself is is just a great industry to be a part of that's amazing and you know, <laughs> sorry so no, february 2012 i end up launching with my business partner danielle and what's essentially an online magazine which was my dream job all along <laughs> it's kind of crazy and so, it happened it did happen i didn't even see it coming <laughs> no it just i um, met a girl on twitter and we launched a blog together back in 2011 and it was a Midwest wedding blog and we ran it for I think three years and we only met in real life once and we published Monday through Friday every single week for three years and we had advertisers. Why don't I know this? Nobody knows this because I was never the face of it kind of like you guys aren't necessarily the face of the every girl yeah. Um, we were very like, because I was in the industry, so I never wanted it to feel like I was doing it for self, you know, like self-motivation, mm-hmm. but we had just felt like there was this like lack in the industry. And so we ran it, but it was so much work. And finally there hit a point in my life <laughs> Which where no one, like, no one realizes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like doing submissions and like fielding all the things and putting it all together and like sourcing inspiration and charging people for advertising and following up on advertising. And like, it was just so much. And it was like one of those things where she was getting married and was too busy to do it anymore. And so then I took it on by myself. And I was like, I cannot do this any longer by myself. And so I had made a decision after three years of running it that we were going to be done. But yeah, it's funny because I think it's so interesting when you can find a void and then you can fill it. And I agree, the blogging world is a totally different place than it was a few years ago. So what has it been like for you guys? Because I mean, even in this last year, you have grown your team a ton. Um, You have a new office. Like, what has the evolution looked like in terms of your role as well? Because I know your role has changed a ton in the last year. Okay. Oh my gosh. I almost want to write that down because I want to speak to something you just said also. You mentioned when you see a void and that that's where that desire to build comes from because that's how all startups work. You see a need and set out to create it. So I know I said that Danielle and I had a shared mission and I know I touched on who it was for, but there really was a void with creating attainable, affordable, and relatable content in terms of magazines and even blogging at the time. A lot of it still is very high end. I know the number of budget friendly bloggers, again, I kind of focus here on the lifestyle sect of blogging. They exist. There now are budget friendly bloggers who just focus on that. That wasn't really the case back in 2012. A lot of fashion was high fashion, luxury fashion magazines. I mean, that just takes it to a whole other level in terms of, mm. you know, designer 
prices and brands and yeah. So, and the people, the faces you were seeing in magazines, it was regularly celebrity. And so that's where our void was. We were like, okay, we know so many amazing women who are doing awesome things, who are stylish, who have a great story to tell, who have insane career advice that would be a wealth of knowledge for people. And now we are in a place where we actually have access to some really talented career women who are top of their companies and we can talk to them, but most of our peers like wouldn't be able to, you know, hop on a quick call and, and I'm saying talk to them in the sense of interview them. So like, why don't we do these, what would essentially be a networking lunch Q and a most women don't get to sit down and have that networking lunch with the woman in there who's already in their dream job. So why don't we do that Q and a for them and publish it? So we can give kind of access to the every girl. So these net- like I said, I was never good at networking. So I know a lot of other people out there probably aren't comfortable with it either. So we were trying to get that advice and give that two cents to them on their behalf. So that was the void we were trying to fill with launching the every girl. I just wanted to speak to that because I know you said it and I was like, there definitely was a void. That's changed too. There's There's a ton of career advice sites out there now that were not when we launched. There's a lot more budget-friendly stuff out there. There's tons of lifestyle sites and blogs and online magazines. So that's been definitely a challenge. What I love about that, though, I think I love a lot about the people that I love to interview is it's not that we invented anything. We Mm -hmm. are just putting our own spin on it. And even Mm -hmm. with this podcast, it would have been so easy to be like, oh, there's like 20 business podcasts out there for women entrepreneurs. But it's like no one can do things the way you do them. No one has that vision. And I think so often we follow those people that have the dream jobs and we're like, well, I can never do it as well as she can. So Mm -hmm. why would I even try? And I feel like there are women being raised up every day where we're like, I can offer something different. And I think you guys have done that. And I think you maintain and continue to do that differently than anyone else out there, no matter how many sites like yours pop up yours is so uniquely yours thank you that is always very nice to hear because year over year as competition grows and and maybe something we were doing becomes outdated and you know the industry changes and working with Mm -hmm. sponsors changes and working with writers changes or we lose a writer to a different site or you know there are all these challenges and it's hard because when you're talking about growth and change It's also equally important, and this was advice we got very early on, is staying true to the mission. Like with any Mm -hmm. decision you make as a small business owner, you don't know if it's going to go right or wrong, like if it's going to work out and be a success or be a huge failure and blow up in your face and lose you money. And ah, that's terrifying. But when you're trying to make those decisions, the most important thing is, does it fall in line with our original mission? Whatever that original mission is, in our case providing inspiring and attainable advice and inspiration. Is it helping women? Like ultimately, Mm -hmm. that's the question we always ask ourselves when we work with sponsors. Is this a story that would run if there was no sponsor? Is this story helpful in some capacity? Even if it's a fashion post and it's, you know, shopping related, is it affordable? Like, is this helping her figure out her new work wardrobe when she's out of school. Like as long as it's tying into that original mission, that's kind of the box that must be checked anytime we're making a decision as a company. And that's with staffing. That's like, that's with everything with the site redesign with, with anything we do that is ultimately the, the most important thing. So thank you. That's, 
I'd like to think that that's what keeps us unique is this staying on, I guess some people would say is whether it's on brand or not. Stay in your lane. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, (laughs) girlfriend, just stay in your lane. Like, it's just so easy to want to chase the shiny things that pop mm-hmm. up every day. But I always say to him, like, you never see or the compare. Back end of those. Yeah. You like we compare. don't see the behind the scenes. Are they even profitable? Is it going to last? Are they burnt out? Are they excited? Like, and it's so hard. What's the motivation? Yeah. Yes. The motivation's everything oh. also. Like, are you having fun yes. doing it or are you doing it because it looks like they're having Good. fun doing it? Yes. So what kind of advice would you give someone that either desires to get into a creative career or like you just felt stuck, like they were getting doors closed in their face, but they knew what they wanted to do? What kind of things would you tell the every girl to do? So... I actually have that answer because I, I've now realized I say it to everyone, friends, well, family, perfect. like anyone who talks to me about this. I there's just one piece of advice I can give. And it's after reading hundreds of career profiles on the every I'm like, okay, so there's basically one common thread and it's to work your ass off. And I say that because typically when you're starting, you can't just start. It's going to be your hobby or it's your second job or your third job. Like it, Everyone needs a job. Everyone has to make money and pay their bills and live. So when you are creative, trying to start your own thing, trying to get a a startup or even freelance career going, it is going to take time to make money. That is a guarantee. So you're going to be having to, you're having to do it for free. Don't expect to make money anytime soon, which means you're doing it on top of your job. So expect to work nights and weekends, which is what we did. And I know a lot of people do. So that's where they work your ass off because you're about to start taking on two jobs, or at least in many people's case. Even if you're a mom, like your mom, being a mom is your your job. You're going to have to do this on top of that. Anytime we interview a mom on the site, she's like, oh, I'm up at 4 a.m. so I can answer emails before my kids yeah. wake up at 5.30. And then I'm up. They sleep four hours a night because... You're working multiple jobs. So uh, the second point to that, like expect to work really hard. I just tell everyone, I'm like, you have to like, do you love doing it? Do you want to do it for free? Because or not for free, but like unpaid. Is it fun for you to do? Are you passionate about it? Because you're about to throw yourself into it without any like anything coming in for a while. So like, you just have Mm -hmm. to love it and be passionate about it and. And something I always ask people, I'm like, well, what do you, when they're like, I don't know what my dream job is yet. I'm like, well, how do you spend your free time? That's mm-hmm. always the first question. I'm like, because somehow there's, even if it's watching Netflix or, you know, playing video games, I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of jobs in the gaming industry, right? Like, why don't you start trying <laughs> to get in to that, that industry? Because at least you're excited about the product that's being produced in some capacity. So expect to work really hard. And ideally, do you love doing it? Like in your free time, would you spend a Saturday afternoon in some way working around that field or that product or that mission you're setting out to start as a company? Because those two things are going to be required to get it up and running. And in most people's case, at least in every girl's case. So totally. And I, I mean, I worked full time at Target, like 50 hours being head HR of an entire store. And then I would go home and respond to brides. Like it was my only job as a photographer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you almost are living this double life for a while. And sometimes it can be years and sometimes it can be months. And I think one of the issues I have with social media, and I'm sure you guys run into this too, is 
everyone thinks that overnight success exists because of how we are able to see into people's lives more because of social media. And it's like, man, if you could have seen the nights and the weekends and the 2 a.m. like coffee runs so that you can stay awake and keep going. And it's funny, too, because I know you and I are very similar where we have workaholic tendencies where we will be watching TV and suddenly our laptop is in our lap and then suddenly we're like on to the next thing. Like Drew will yell at me because I'll be like, hey, let's go walk the dogs. And then while he's harnessing the dogs up, I like quick run into the office to do one thing, quote unquote. And it's like, how has it It been for you (laughs) disconnecting and, you know, even just looking at like, what did you expect your job to be and what does it really look like? Like, is it so different or is it kind of what you expected? Oh gosh. Okay. Now I have so many thoughts of what you said. Um, first of all, <laughs> anyone who looks at my Instagram account is probably like that girl only ever watches TV. What a lazy person. Yeah. I, it's right. always, I know it's what you're doing while the TV is yeah, on in the background. It's every single night. And that's why it's always something that's like a rerun. It's like friends or. <laughs> Cause you or don't have scene. to pay attention. You can yeah, just listen. A hundred times. <laughs> exactly. It's just background noise. So that yep. the only time I ever really stop working is when I have plan or like put the computer away is. When I have plans, oh, and it's not yep. like I never stop, but if it's the TV is on, it's, it's so hard. easy to pull out the computer and work also. Yes. So it's if I have plans or when my eyes start hurting, which is not <laughs> good. No. <laughs> that's not oh good. Oh um, But that's like when I finally am like, oh, I can't look at the screen anymore. Okay. But what does my job look like versus what I expected? So again, odd you asked that because I was talking about this in our office, which is a new yeah. thing we I have. Know, it's beautiful. Um, it's so thank fun. You. It's, it's very exciting because we launched five years ago and we moved into our very first office four months ago in September. So that everything you were just saying, like what you see, you know, online or this vision, how did, how do they afford that? Where's all this coming from? How do they already, how are they hiring staff? How is any of this happening? Like, you don't know what's going on behind scenes. Like Danielle and I, we, I think we worked for at least a year before we started getting paid on the Evergirl. So five years, year one, no money coming our mm-hmm. way. This was all funded. like, we would be the worst people to go on Shark Tank. Cause they'd be like, <laughs> what are your sales? And you'd be like, zero dollars, yeah. but I'm doing really good. <laughs> Not profitable yet, but we had an article written about us. Right. <laughs> I've was, been featured. <laughs> that was year one, but we were on that list. Forbes put out a list of top 100 websites and we, four months after launching, we were on it. It's and amazing. Like, okay, so we're successful. No money, but successful. So yes. that was how we measured success in year one. People saying they liked it. Successful, uh, but now we need money. So, so yeah, five years, we just got an office last year. So four years in, we hired our first full-time employee. And actually, I want to say it was year three. So I'm sorry, I'm kind of going backwards here. Year three, maybe halfway through year two. I'd have to check. Danielle and I even became... I want to say full time, but we both did freelance work on top of that for a very mm-hmm. a long time, at least go. I mean, well into year four, I, I think Danielle still does like photography jobs. I did an interior, like I randomly helped someone design a house this past summer or was that last summer? Oh my gosh. Now I don't even know. This all just blurs together. Um, it does. We're still always doing other jobs. Like ah, to that end, like it, it's been a slow and steady process. It's been amazing. And even when I feel like like, the Evergirl, our company has never taken on funding, which is a decision we've talked about. And many, many times it's come up, but we've kind of had this slow and steady mentality that we've stuck with. 
And sometimes when I get discouraged that it's not happening as fast and like you mentioned, your, your old website business partner Mm -hmm. got married and she became less available. Like Danielle and I talk about that all the time. Like if, and when we might have kids in the future, like it's not happening yet, but we're both in our thirties now. And what does that happen? Like like that's a conversation we have a lot because the company isn't, it scares both of us because we are both heavily involved and not in a position for either of us to just not be available regularly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about that now and And that's when I'm like, okay, well, do we need investors to be in a, like a safer position? So we have more opportunity with that kind of stuff. But every time I feel like it's been slow or not going fast enough yesterday, when, when I was talking with my employees and I'm like, I sometimes I sitting at my desk in the office and I look around and I'm like, holy, what is happening? We did this. We're in an (laughs) office and those are, those are our employees and we have a team now and they get paid to be here. They don't right. just have They're to do They're not just it showing up for the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Like there is growth and, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to step back and remind yourself of that it is happening. Like you have to focus on the wins because it's so easy for any entrepreneur to have a goal or any goal digger. Oh, like how I did that. Uh, To have a goal and then they meet the goal. And then you, you need another goal because you met that goal. Like I said earlier, you kind of get that stagnant, like you lose inspiration. Like you, you need to keep setting goals for yourself and meeting them. And then you need another tier to meet. And you always want to go bigger and better too. Like it's not just parallel. You're like, what's next? What's the next shiny thing I can chase? Which is important for your own you know, drive. Yeah. Drive wellness, like staying, keeping your mind alert and challenged and motivated. So you need that. But at the same time, it's so important to focus on the wins and not lose sight of the wins. And because you kind of need to stop and pause and, and Danielle and I do that with one another frequently. And we're like, Oh my gosh, how cool is this? Like, wait, we need to stop. And this was a really exciting thing. Cause had this happened two or three or four years ago, our minds would have been like blown. So we can't just take any win for granted. Like even because our mentally we're already on to the next mm-hmm. thing. So that's what's something been your that favorite we try win to do this year. I feel like I might know what it is, but what's been your biggest, like, Oh my gosh moment. Oh, well now I'm very wondering what you're going to say. Michelle um, Obama. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, but like getting the office and having a team was a goal from day one. So like, that's where my head's at, but yeah, that happened. What the heck? Okay. That's an example of not to go to DC. (laughs) Like that, that is crazy. And it's funny too, because you know, when you're watching things happen and especially cause I know you guys and like your friends, when I watch these things happen, it's so easy for me to come alongside and like celebrate your success, whether or not I actually send a text message or I'm just like, <laughs> yes, in my office chair. But sometimes when you're in it, like you said, it's so easy to just be on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And I always yeah, think too, that, that it's and like, so I, that was important <laughs> to like write down these things and be like, this is what we did. It's Especially when, you know, there are those days where it just feels like you're just stuck or you're like, is this really like what I'm doing right now? But yeah. it's like, if you can just sit down and write like a gratitude list of like, oh my gosh, these three things in my life right now are happening. Or even that like you can support you and Danny and, you know, just things like that where it's like you can keep your dogs fed and warm. Like those <laughs> yeah. are things that I'm like, I am so grateful for, but it is. It's funny because I feel like, especially with women in this mentality of like, 
we're going to keep going. We're going to keep moving forward. It's so easy to miss celebrating like you did in the beginning, because I think when you mm-hmm. first start out, you're so good at celebrating every little thing because it's such, because you can't believe it then. Yeah. You cannot believe yeah, it's happening. You're like, exactly. okay, I am working towards something. It's paying off. Oh my gosh. Ugh, I want to get yeah. back to those days where you're just like dancing legitimately in the kitchen, eating cookie dough because something good happened, you know? And I think we become because not necessarily jaded. We expect it, you know, like now we're just kind of like these awesome things are happening and it's become more of a reality that yeah. they continue to happen. But I think it's so important to like take a step back and say, holy cow, look at what we've done. Yes. So to that end, that was how 2016 started. So 2015, personally, I had a very hard year, literally personally, like just a lot was going on for me and it, it sucked. 2015 sucked and started getting better toward the end of the year. I remember. And then January rolled around 2016 and I want to say it was January 3rd. And we normally take the week between Christmas and new year's and it's a very flex work week because good for the world. People are not really online. Traffic is lower that week with the holidays and everything. So we like that, like go be with your family. So, and we kind of get that time off. So it was coming back after break. And in my inbox, I got an email that said the every girl times the white house. And I was like, what? (laughs) well, what is, what, what is this? And I clicked on it and yeah, it was a member of the first lady, Michelle Obama's staff was a huge fan and reader of the every girl, which is first of all, could have stopped there. And that would have been insane. We have people in the white house reading. That's amazing. Had it just ended there. But instead she's like, I have an idea. Can we get on a call? And I was like, okay, yes, immediately I'm available. Uh, Can (laughs) I ask what this is about? And I asked twice responding like it was about, and it was all very, I don't know why she couldn't tell me, but, um, waited to get on the phone And it was the first lady really, you know, now that they're coming to their last year in the office, wanted to put the spotlight on her staff, on some of the young women working in her office, many of whom rose up from interns into full-time positions over the years. So first of all, that's so incredible and amazing. And they could have chosen any women's media outlet out there and they wanted it to be on the every girl. And so we went there. That's just so mind blowing and like incredible and like you said, a huge win that I'm so now excited by the most reason, like we got this office and have staff that that was months ago. And I already, you know, it's incredible. So a couple months later, we, we finally, we actually tried to go out there in February, but there was a huge blizzard came through and it all got postponed to April, but we got to go to the white house and photograph, gosh, was it 10 women? A huge, a huge selection of women all in their twenties and thirties who work in the East wing. That's the first lady's side. That's awesome. Yeah. And there ended up being a letter from Michelle Obama on our website about why she wanted this to happen. And there's a line, of course, why she loves the Epic girl, but you know, <laughs> that was pretty That's exciting. So. That's yeah, amazing. it really was. It was wonderful. That, I can't believe that. And I used to live in DC. That was the big thing. That was my first job it's out like of college. Coming it, like full circle. Absolutely. Like a hundred percent coming full circle, like flying into DCA airport, sorry, Reagan, Reagan national airport. And just being like the last time I was here, this is so crazy that I'm coming back to do a photo shoot at the white house. It was definitely a pinch me moment. <laughs> That is amazing. It keeps me motivated. What kind of, in closing, 
What are the things that you want to inspire Whoa, other women? So much more to, to talk do? about. I know <laughs> we could talk for days. In closing, I mean, we didn't we do... just start talking? I mean, honestly, we could. <laughs> this is my problem with podcasts: is my husband listens to a podcast and it's like three hours long. And I'm like, I yes, can totally let's do, do those it. interviews. Like, I would be that person. But do then I'm like, a Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogy link. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep honestly, talking. I Sorry, would be everyone. totally game. Like, that doesn't actually freak me out. Uh, but, <laughs> Sorry, no, I cut I, you off. I love that. So in closing, what would you say, you know, what kind of things are you hoping to put out there for creative women? Because The Ever Girl is such an incredible resource. And I guess, you know, for our listeners that are like, man, like, I just want to have something that I'm just so passionate or excited about, or man, I hope that I can find my dream job. What kind of encouragement would you give them? Because looking back or seeing the full circle, you probably never envisioned this as where you would be at at this stage of your life. So what kind of encouragement would you share? I mean, it goes back to, and I think Danielle could almost speak to this more because she was that, she was in that position of being not knowing. Whereas I was like, I want to work in magazines and tell stories and work, you know, inspire women. I know that she can speak to to being lost and, and it more, she didn't know her, her goal of like wanting to help women would manifest as an online magazine, but it did. So to that end, I would say, kind of goes back to what I said before and tell everyone is like, so you don't know what you're passionate about. Okay. Take a step back. What do you like to do? Like, what Mm -hmm. is fun for you? Is it grabbing drinks with friends? Let's like, it could be as simple as that. Something that you don't even realize could somehow turn into. Okay. So let's look at having drinks with friends. Like you like being around people. You like the social scene or you maybe you like liquor. That's a very real thing. There are a lot of jobs in the wine industry. I like to think of that as my retirement option. Like I'm moving to Sonoma and working in the wine industry because I love wine so much. So like literally what is fun for you? There are so many jobs out there. People don't realize are jobs and just start looking at the companies. So whatever it is you like doing, even if it's something outdoors related, like start thinking of the companies, or or even if it's not a company, if it doesn't exist yet, what could you make like that's working with that thing or with that idea or in that place that you at least enjoy? Because that means the job you're going to start doing makes you happy. And when you're happy doing your work, it's easier. It doesn't feel like work. It's not work. And it's, you can put longer hours in, you care more about it because it's fun. So you get to work because like it's a privilege to work because you're enjoying does that make sense what I'm saying like yeah you get to do it and what you're getting to do is fun to you so it's all just a cycle and that's where these benefits come from like you find success when that work ethic is there and the work ethic has to be there because you enjoy what you're doing so let me take a breath if it doesn't pay what you hope to make financially like you're still gonna just like the stress level of enjoying what you're doing is going to pay off tenfold. Like overall, you're just happier. You're healthier. It doesn't have to pay a lot. I know you might think it's like so money related or something, but like ultimately enjoying it is just matters so much more. Life is so short. Like I know this sounds stupid and I'm I'm only, Oh God, how old am I? 31. I'm 31. And I know that that is very young, but I feel like yesterday I was 21. And so I'm just very aware of how fast it's all going. And yeah, And I can't believe we launched five years ago. That also feels like yesterday. I'm sitting right now in this tiny little office in my current apartment. 
with this gallery wall in front of me with the exact same iMac in front of me that was in front of me five years ago when Mm -hmm. I sat in my old tiny little office with a gallery wall and the same iMac in front of me. And like, it feels like yesterday. And so to that end, I think the importance is finding something you love because it's just the quality of life overall around it is so much it feeds everything. When you're happier, it's going to feed your relationships and the actual work production and productivity and product like that you're putting out, the quality of it. You, your health, like everything's, that was like long-winded and cheesy, but it's no, true. It's so I, true. And I think too, I mean, it's nowadays we're so much more aware of how many entrepreneurs there are out there. And I feel like before it just, everyone felt so isolated. Like we were all on these separate islands and nobody had a life raft to help one another. Yeah. And I think that nowadays we make it look so good. And that's part of it is, you know, we're curators at our hearts. But I think when you find something you love, it makes those hard days where your desk is a mess and you're in your yoga pants and you maybe, maybe got a terrible email or something. When you go back to the heart of why you're doing it, it mm-hmm. just centers you and reminds you that it is all worth it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the celebratory. I think it's just so much more worth it when you love what you do and you stick to that why you yeah. started. It you recenters know? you. Like you just, it, it does. It, does. It, it resets you too. Like, okay, screw that. Screw that day. Screw that email. <laughs> Move I on. get to do. Yeah. Couldn't have said <laughs> that. Totally it's agree. a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to do what we do. And I think that true entrepreneurs 100%. wake up and they say like, I am so lucky that I'm about to do. And Steve Jobs even said like, if you wake up three days in a row and you're not excited about what you're about to do, then you have to make a change. And so I always think about that because I'm like, what is my day going to look like today? And am I, am I excited about that? Or is there something that I need to make a change in? And so I think that that's so encouraging just to hear too, that you didn't have this fast track to success or this overnight success that you had side jobs and waitressing and, you know, working from home at mom's house and in the (laughs) suburbs. Like, I think it's just so easy for us to write other people's stories based off of what we see online. But a lot of times the reality isn't glamorous and that's okay because we love the heart of what we do. And I think that's exactly what you stand for in an incredible way. Thank you. And absolutely. And, and yeah, and people do say, they're always like, Oh, how did that ever grow? Such an overnight success. I'm like, well, I worked quite <laughs> hard every day, yeah. three, three years leading up to that with my blog. Like that right. girl launched where it did because of the three years, Danielle and I blogging and networking prior to that. I think so, when people say that you should say, yeah, we were an overnight success. If you mean those nights that we stayed up all night and worked on it, <laughs> I think that'd be the perfect I'm gonna use response. That. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, so where can everybody find you online? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Well, our website is theeverygirl.com. On social media, uh, Instagram, which I have to say is wonderfully curated by our social media manager, Caitlin, is the every girl underscore. And that's on Twitter as well. And, and then what is your personal? Personally, because I do post at Elena Kaz, A-L-A-I-N-A-K-A-Z, Kaz, because my last name is 
a lot more letters than that. So we shorten it. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just going to see, like I said, a lot of photos of my living room with my television on at night. I think we'll know now all of us insiders. I am actually doing. Yes. With wine. There's also wine. (laughs) Oh yeah. Always wine. Always wine. Um, we forgot to mention that Elena got married by a vineyard in Sonoma and I was lucky enough to shoot her wedding and it was the most beautiful. We were lucky enough to have you there. They had a double rainbow and it was insane. So we had a lot of wine and I think that's how most good stories always begin. (laughs) So thank you for being on the gold digger. And we're just so excited to watch the every girl have another epic year this year. Thank you. Fingers crossed. Yay. Thanks for listening to gold digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.